episode 223, Garage Sale Drobo. This is the Ericast for the week of June 16, 2013. From Ericast.com. Welcome to the Ericast. Well, thanks for listening to the Ericast. I'm your host, Eric Larson. Listener feedback line, 206-339-3742. Right up front, so when you find something intriguing later, you can just play it back from the beginning and say, oh, that was that number. I need to call right in. Uh, we've got a couple weeks before listener feedback week comes up at the end of the month. And this is this is sort of an interesting little wedge episode here. I, I was going to just be directed up front and title it, um, you know, a, a tiny break or, or something like that because we've had uh, a busy past couple weeks and I have lots to talk about, but I don't quite have the time or the emotional bandwidth to really get into it. And then I thought, hmm, well, that doesn't really tell you much. So instead, I'm going to talk about a garage sale find because... The Ericast is what we're calling a personal podcast, meaning you're either interested in a topic I'm talking about, like today I'm talking about the Drobo, and maybe you bumbled into this because you're looking for a podcast about Drobo, um, or you're interested about me and my family and stuff and what's going on. So uh, there is no particular theme or niche. This is not, you know, the the Drobo podcast, episode 418. No, uh, this is this is just what's going on in my life. So, uh June is a busy month for us because since I work at an academic institution, it means that the regular semester ends and those who don't know about life at an academic institution then say things like, oh, so summer's coming up. It must be so peaceful. No, summer is the time when we staff get to swoop in and do all the stuff we can't do during the regular semester. So it's the busy time at work. But despite that, we also have the little tradition now, fourth year, excuse me, fourth year, I think, of going to Duluth. I'm not going to talk about, go go back in the archives and find the the stuff about Duluth and find the stuff about Cornucopia, where I spent my formative teen years, because that is uh, what we did on this Duluth trip. In fact, the Daniel Bohr episode, um, I never apologize to your listeners, but I'm going to apologize to my listeners who are here because of the Daniel Bohr episode and thought, wow, that was so great, and I want to get another episode on leadership. Well, it's not going to happen, sorry, uh, because we're not that consistent here at Ericast headquarters. That episode actually uh, was assembled prior to our leaving, and one of the few times that I had my act together and was able to auto-release that ahead of time. So while that was was hitting your ears, we were up in Duluth. So that's a whole nother episode coming up, which I thought I was going to do this week, but it's just, nope, not going to happen. Because <laughs> I'm going to go, as soon as I'm done here, I'm going to go back and play with the girls and get some cleaning done and whatever last vacation really did things I can get done. So after that, then Ruth and I went uh, to Stillwater for our anniversary. Stillwater is a, a small, um, now sort of tourist type town, um, east of the Twin Cities metro area on the Wisconsin border. Um, and it's where we spent our honeymoon, so we figured, hey, we'd, we'd go back there. That was really fun. Then, and Chloe has mentioned, be sure you tell your listeners on the podcast how Mommy scored a bunch of Beanie Babies. Yes. So on the way back, we went garage sailing. This this is probably the most telling thing about us briefly go off for a, a anniversary bed and breakfast bed and breakfast experience 
which was fine. But the fun part was hitting the garage sales on the way back, and we were and are eager to be and happy to be home in our own bed, which has the appropriate level of sleep comfort firmness and doesn't squeak when you make any sort of movement on it. And in our own shower, which has a variable adjustable shower head. I mean, that, that kind of thing. So uh, we're just sort of wired to to be deeply rooted homebody types. That might be another podcast. Deeply rooted homebodies. This is the era cast for whatever. But what was great, I mean, that was fine. It was, it was fine. On the way home, going to garage sales. Woo. So there was a guy uh, selling stuff cheap, and he knew it was cheap. It's like, I want to clear it out. So he had 19 Beanie Babies left. Beanie, ba- Beanie Baby Bears. And Chloe collects Beanie Baby Bears. Because Chloe's uh, preschool teacher did a smart thing. She had a Beanie Baby that was kind of like the class Beanie Baby that would go home with the students for like a week. And they'd write a little journal about um, what, what Buddy, the Beanie Baby Bear, did. I want credit, by the way, for being able to say Beanie Baby Bear so many times without stumbling over that phrase. It's not too bad a tongue twister, but that's that's a challenge, guys. So, Chloe loves Buddy, and thus loves Beanie Baby Bears, and has kind of turned to collecting them. So we saw this guy had 19 Beanie Baby Bears in amongst his other Beanie Baby collections, and he was selling all of his Beanie Babies for 25 cents a Beanie Baby. So we threw an extra Beanie Baby in there, and, you know, five bucks to get... 20 bears, 20 Beanie Babies, 19 of which were Beanie Baby Bears. Chloe was very happy to get those Beanie Baby Bears. So uh, she wanted to be sure I mentioned those on the podcast. And that's kind of where we've been at. So just so that the, you know, hanging at home and a whole bunch of other random stuff. And one of those random things, yes, it takes me six minutes to actually get to the topic of the podcast. But again, that whole personal podcast thing, this is what's on, on my brain. Here you go. So I went to a, a garage sale just a couple blocks away. And in amongst the, the random variety of stuff they had, they had a Drobo. D-R-O-B-O. You can feel free to Google that, and that will tell you what it is. For those of you that don't want to Google it or are driving right now, let me briefly tell you that what a Drobo is, is a hard drive case that accepts four or five or more, this is an older four-bay model, um, of just raw, plain drives, three-and-a-half-inch drives. You know, it's not like USB, you know, oh, yeah, I've got a hard drive. It's a USB cord, plugs into the computer. No, this is just the basic drive, like, within your computer. So you buy the case, and you throw these drives in. Um, I'm kind of aiming for the middle here. So those of you that know what I'm talking about probably should just turn this off right now and say, I can't believe he's being so rudimentary. And those of you that have no idea about RAID arrays or anything are probably not going to find much clarity from this because I'm, I'm sort of, I've got a wide range in my audience here. But the idea is that you put multiple hard drives in this box. So it's a box that plugs into your computer. You just throw the drives in, and then it does a RAID array. It's called a RAID array, um, R-A-I-D, even though RAID stands for Redundant Array of Inexpensive Disks. So we're now back to the 
word girl hero or villain or whatever of Lady Redundant Woman. So a raid array. Yeah. So this is basically a raid box or raid storage. Redundant array of inexpensive disks. And the idea is that you take drives. And in this case, just go ahead and throw consumer level drives in if you want. Walk into Best Buy or wherever and just buy some hard drives. And it will will copy the data across multiple drives. So if one of your drives dies, burns out, whatever, that's okay because you've got the data elsewhere. And there are all sorts of different ways of doing this um, with numbers that I, don't, I was talking to someone last night. I don't remember any of them. I used to know them. Um, RAID 0, I think, is just full mirroring. So you put two drives in and it copies 100% of the data from one to the other. And, and so you have half your space available because it just mirrors it. Uh, but typically, you have all these other fancy mathematical algorithms. You math people, mathematicians have careers, uh, and one of them is figuring out things like this, where any data that you write to the drive, it does checksums and fancy mathematical algorithms and things to kind of cross-check it across the other drives. So you you don't you don't lose as much space. And it kind of takes and mathematically fragments your data with compression and stuff, just like you know zipping files on the computer where it's compressed. It's that sort of thing. So that if one of your drives fails, you say, oh, no, you put a new drive in and the machine says, okay, great. I can reassemble the data because I still have enough of it on these other drives that I can kind of put two and two together and almost literally and figure out, okay, this is what was on there. And it will take a while, um, you know, hours and hours to, to put it back together, but it can put it back together. So instead of losing, you know, half of your space, you know, two terabytes worth of storage, but you only have one terabyte available, um, you lose only whatever percentage, you know, 10, 20, 30%, something like that. Now, you might be thinking, well, yeah, but Eric, why not just walk into you know Best Buy and buy a three terabyte hard drive and put all your stuff on there? And that's great. Um, and I do that. I have one. I, I can see it on the other side of the Eurocast studio. But um, if anything happens to that physical drive, you know, all those little metal platters in there, anything goes wrong with the drive, you'll lose all that data. So the notion of putting it on multiple drives means that if anything physically happens to one of the drives, then you're okay. So that's that's the, the basics on, on what a Drobo is. The problem is I don't really think this one works. Now, that's that's not too traumatic because I paid 15 bucks for it. And new, I think, without it didn't have any drives, so that's just the, the case. Um, but new, I want to say they were probably around 300 So... Um, and this is a glimpse at my personality. The great thing about having your own podcast that no one really listens to is that you can share deep personal things and not worry about it. So here's a glimpse at my personality. I saw this. I'm like, oh, wow, that's a Drobo. I have always wanted a Drobo, even though the thought of a Drobo has never crossed my mind in years. <laughs> okay, now I'm not quite... I'm pretty reflective and introspective, but not quite to that extreme. But that really is sort of what's going on. So when these first came out, I'm like, oh, it's a cool idea. That'd be neat. There's no way I'm going to spend, spend that much money. Now you find one that's, you know, five years old in the garage sales. Oh, I've got to have that. That's so cool. And they are kind of pretty if you're a geek. You've got lights that blink and stuff. But you don't want lights on a trouble blinking because that means something's wrong. 
Uh, mine is especially pretty because it has lots of blinky lights in it because something's wrong. Um, it powers up, though... It, the guy did not have the original power supply to it. And because these are, are little boxes that need to run themselves plus four drives, it's a pretty standard power supply, you know, 12 volts, that's great, except it, it needs the higher current, higher amperage or wattage. So he gave me one that was rated for like an amp. Um, I've got one here for an old hard drive that's rated for two. Supposedly it needs six, but there's also lots of stuff on the web that talks about Drobo symptoms when your Drobo power supply is failing, because that's not uncommon for the power supplies to fail. So I think with a single drive in it, it should be able to run fine with just one, you know, with, with this power, with one drive, a two amp power supply. I think that should be okay. And there are the basic geek tricks of, you know, don't run it nonstop and feel if your power supply is getting hot, all that kind of stuff. So I don't, I don't think my issue is, um, that it's an underrated power supply. And at some point we should talk electricity and current and, and stuff. That'd be a fun podcast topic. Um, so when, when I plug a, the Drumbo itself is seen by the computer. You plug it in, it's a box, it's got red lights on it. It says, I need a hard drive. Well, I thought I had a spare hard drive. I don't have a spare hard drive because I had the spare hard drive and put it into Candela's computer as a secondary hard drive, so it's no longer a spare hard drive. That's kind of how that works. Hmm. So I went back to this garage sale, and for 10 bucks, he had a 500 gig um, Western Digital uh, SATA drive for 10 bucks. Okay, fine. It's cheaper than trying to figure out how to back up all the data on Candela's drive, throw that in, and then whether it works or not, end up restoring it. But I said, no, just time is worth something. So we'll go with that. So I brought that home and threw it in. And it then said, okay, there's something wrong with that drive. Here's a blinky light just in that bay. Hmm, that's not good. So I threw the drive into Candela's computer to see if it would work. And it didn't show up. But that machine's running Windows XP, which kind of predates the whole SATA world. Hmm. So then I threw that drive into my new Windows 8 machine. Remember that whole Thanksgiving extravaganza from last year? Well, it didn't show up. But if you boot into the BIOS, okay, um, BIOS, which I believe stands for built-in operating system. It's BIOS. It's the thing that first comes up when you first turn your computer on and you see some of that like white text on the black screen go flying by. You think about it, a computer needs a little bit of some sort of stuff, some sort of programming in it to basically know, hi, I'm a computer and I have hard drives and I better load Windows off that hard drive. Foom, off it goes. It's the actual technical sound of the BIOS. It's foom. So... I shouldn't kid like that. When I was little and I, I read the article that, you know, computer chips run on smoke and if that smoke ever escapes, they'll stop running. I actually believed that when I first read it. So I, I suppose I shouldn't joke about the sounds that BIOS makes because BIOS doesn't make a sound. But it might beep at you. Occasionally when the computer turns on you hear beep, that's usually, it's either a great sound or a really bad sound because it means that something fundamental is wrong. BIOS is fundamental. So... I went to the BIOS and said, 
What kind of drives do you see? And it says, oh, I see a 500 gig SATA drive here on my SATA 1 channel 0 and 1. I'm like, yes, yes, you do. Please save that and continue. And then it came up and it said, hey, I've got a drive. That's really nice. Okay, and I was able to format it and whatever. But then it's it's disappearing. And don't I've I've Googled it already, so feel free to be helpful in Google, but I've already I've already gone here and done that. And that is not an uncommon issue with SATA drives where they have um like power management stuff where they decide I'm gonna be helpful or Western digital green eco loving whatever and I'm gonna turn myself off. Which in some ways is great. In some ways it's like, um, yeah, but I kind of need you running. Hello. So like last night I ran a full format on it, not just a little quick format, but full format and came down this morning and my machine was asleep, of course, because that's, you know, what computers do. Bring it up. It's like, yeah, no drive. Weird. Reboot. No drive. Reboot. Go into the BIOS. Remind it. Hey, yes, you have a drive. Great. Save and continue. And then it comes up. It's like, yeah, I've got a drive. This is just strange. So, all that to say, my Drobo doesn't work, but it could be because my Drobo is being forced to deal with a flaky Western Digital drive. I will admit, I do not like Western Digital drives. And if you Google the reviews and things, they're, you know, some, some good, some bad, whatever. But the only problems I've had with drives have been with Western Digital drives. Except for a Seagate drive back in 1994. It was a huge drive. It was two gigabytes in a Mac SE30 for our server in the journalism lab. And that drive died. And Seagate had a big manufacturing plant locally. And I went to them and they're like, yeah, too bad. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. So I, so personally, emotionally, I haven't liked Seagate because of that customer service experience from more than, well, from nearly 20 years ago. Um, but in terms of practical experience, I have lost more Western digital drives than um, than other drives, Seagate or such. So frankly, I'm really not too surprised that I've got a Western digital drive that doesn't work. Oh, well. Um, I did do something interesting with it. I had a friend who um, plugged the wrong power adapter in to his USB drive, um, one of those portable ones. And rather than like the USB power regulator or whatever saying, hey, this isn't right, I'm going to shut down or truncate or not or fry or something, it said, nope, I'm going to happily pass that 18 volt straight through into the hard drive, which fried the hard drive. Um, and he was not as good with his backups then as he is now. So sitting in front of me, I actually have his old drive. And it was one of those, you know, it's not really worth sending it to on track for, you know, seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollars. But it'd be kind of nice to get that data back. And what, what, what fried out on it is the bridge board on the drive itself. So the hard drive, that metal, the little metal box is inside your computer. It has the little spinning disks and things, but it also has a little computer board on it that tells the drive, hey, I'm a drive. You've got all these things telling all these other things what they are. And that got fried out. So if you plug it in someplace, it um, 
it just doesn't know that it's a hard drive, but the drive itself still like physically spins. There is still data on it. There's just nothing that can read the data off of it. And this drive that I bought, even though it's a little flaky, it did work. And it was almost, but not quite, but almost identical to that dead drive. So you know what I'm thinking. I swapped out the bridge boards on that and brought it up thinking, okay, well, maybe there's a chance that it'll come up and say, oh, great, now we can get the data off of this guy's drive. Well, it came up in the BIOS said, well, wow, this is a drive, but I have no idea what it is. I mean, maybe 2.1 terabytes, maybe? No, it was the same 500 gig drive. So all that stuff they say about how the bridge boards have to match exactly, I think that might be true. But it was worth a try. So, yeah, so, so adventures in hard drives. That would have been a better... Better episode title, maybe. Um, but that's that's kind of what I'm, I've been playing with. And as I told Ruth this morning, I kind of set a time limit. So I'm done with my drive issues for now. I do not want to spend all day on a beautiful Minnesota summer day with my kids at home, vacation day, playing with hard drives. That's not what I'm going to do. Instead, I'm going to go up and work on my den, Ericast Studio something. B, maybe. Because... My other project earlier in the week, brand new, well, used, you know me, but new to me, glass whiteboard in the 60s den. So my 60s den is finally complete with its 60s theme. Yeah, so someday soon we'll talk about whiteboards and cork boards and Vintage 1960s style expanded cork with its traditional burnt cork smell. Memories. Oh, but that's for what was going to be just a short little podcast telling you, hey, I've got nothing going on. That's a really long podcast telling you, hey, I've got nothing going on. But if you have any interesting backup hard drive type related experiences or just want to share whatever because remember, we've got listener feedback coming up soon. So um, I would love to know what's on your mind. Or just call and let me know that you're out there. Um, and I don't even have to put it on the podcast. But uh, just give me a give me a little nudge um, and say, hey, I'm listening. Thank you for podcasting, Eric. You know how to do that. It's 206-339-3742, which conveniently spells out 206-339-ERIC. Any other form is good. Facebook, tweet me, email, whatever. But... Uh, but I'll like it better if you use the listener feedback line. So 206-339-3742. And until next week, take care. Thanks for listening to the Ericast from Ericast.com. Visit us at www.ericast.com.